I feel like, especially as a minority woman in the past, people didn't meet me where I, where I was in the past. I had to go find them. And so a lot of people have gotten discouraged. A lot of people feel like they no longer fit into this arena or this industry. And it's so pertinent that you go meet them where they are and make them feel welcome. That is the whole inclusion part. People need to feel welcome because at this point, after, and especially after everything that's been going on the last couple months, you can tell people don't feel welcome in certain spaces. That was Dina McKay, IT consultant for Ken and Carta and founder and host of Black Tech Unplugged. She joined her product lab for an office hour session on DNI and product inclusion and the impact a lack of diverse thinking can have on the success of your products. We start off today's episode with a definition. What is diversity inclusion really? To begin, let's just like define what diversity and inclusion is. And I think what's interesting about the whole concept and movement around diversity is diversity and inclusion is we don't have like a uniform definition yet. And everyone has a different thought of what diversity is and what inclusion is. And I've been learning that a lot, especially during this time. For me personally, diversity is seeing people who don't exactly look like you or might not have the same thought process as you in the workplace. So for instance, I identify as a black woman. If I see someone who is a white male, to me that's diverse because we are basically opposites of each other. And so from a diversity standpoint, it's almost being able to see the opposite of you, but also that we have to keep in mind that there's intersectionality, which is a whole different conversation. But diversity is just seeing the different individuals, different thought processes, different cultures in the workplace and being able to work in harmony. But that also brings in the inclusion piece. So you can get all these people in the door, but if they don't feel like they belong in the environment, they're not going to stay. And that's where inclusion comes in of making sure that people feel welcome, making sure you're celebrating someone else's culture, identity, or thoughts within the workplace. And I think that's very key to touch on because a lot of times we think of diversity, oh, let's get everyone in the door that, you know, has a unique thought process or looks different than me and has the experience, but we don't focus on that inclusion piece. And those need to go hand in hand in order to be successful. Mm. Yeah, I love that definition of it. It's fantastic. I actually saw a video recently. It's uh, eBay's chief diversity officer and he does a really fantastic talk specifically focused on inclusion and gets into, well, what are times that you have felt left out in your life as a kid, any, any moment in life? And he really gets into like what not feeling included feels like in the workplace um, that I thought was really emotional and has really stuck with me. Um, and I'm personally, I'm a strong believer that if you don't have strong teams, you're not going to be building good products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know, like, I've been reading tons of forums, you know, uh, one woman said that no one in her, in her job is talking about Black Lives Matter, and she questions whether that's the right company for her, and she feels, like, left out in her environment, because she doesn't feel that she's safe to, to talk about it and open up. Um, so what is your take on inclusion when it comes to building a team, working together on a product, and how can we make our teams more inclusive? So that's a very great question. I think just to start off from the what can we do to be inclusive perspective, 
one of the main things that we can do is obviously the whole conversation around pipeline has been going on for years. There's no pipeline and we can't find these people. It's time to try new tactics, especially when it comes to recruiting and bringing people in the company. Go to where minority minority groups are. Maybe it's a women's meetup. Maybe it's a specific culture, cultural like developers group. We have to be more open to the spaces that we're going to. And I think that also goes back to inclusion because as quiet as it's kept, maybe people don't feel comfortable going to those spaces to find the people. But if that's the case, then imagine what those people feel like trying to come into the workspace or the office space. So we have to keep in mind that, yes, everyone is afraid. But I think it's we're at a point where everyone needs to open up, start interacting with different cultures, identities, and accept that, yes, we're all scared, but it's time that we make a change. And that's one way that I see that we can make a change. I think, too, another way to be more inclusive. So for me, I work with individuals who are based in Buenos Aires. So there's already a cultural difference, time difference. There's a lot of differences. I think, though, that we need to start being, everyone needs to start, like I said, being more open, but also encouraging the differences. So for me, I'm on a team and we're building a product and most of my team, their first language is Spanish, obviously. And I'm on a team where sometimes people don't understand the English way, the way that I'm saying something in English, but you have to embrace that. And for me, one of the ways that I embrace that is asking one of my teammates for help. Like, look, I don't think this person's fully understanding. Can you help me communicate with them? I don't say, oh, we have to take them off the team because they don't know how to, we are not speaking the same language and they're not doing work. We need to be more open and find different solutions to work together. It's not just about throwing people away anymore. We need to adapt and we need to learn how to respect one another. So I know that for in particular, uh, one of the individuals I interviewed, her name is Paris Athena. She runs an organization called Black Tech Pipeline. And what they do is they connect Blacks who are working in the tech industry with companies that are looking to diversify their organization. And there's another group, and I think the name, the name of it is Diversify Tech. And the woman who is the organizer of that also runs, they, she allows companies to post on her job board, but also connect people of color, women, just any group that's a minority. She connects them with the individuals who are looking for a job. So there's different ways you can connect into the pipeline. I think there's also a way, there's another group that's based out of Chicago, or it's not based out of Chicago. They have a couple different locations like Chicago and Boston. So if you identify as LGBTQ, you can also go, it's out in tech is what it's called. So if you identify as LGBTQ, they can help you get, you know, help you through the job process, help you connect, help connect you with the right people. So there's a ton of organizations out there. And I know, especially during this time, there have been a lot of people making lists of these organizations and I would be more than happy to send over some of the lists that were created so I, we can share them within this group and with everyone else. Uh, so I wanted to get a little bit into like the product inclusion side itself. I mean, one of the reasons I'm personally really excited about being in this, you know, her product lab space of bringing more women into product development is I feel like there are just 
quite frankly, not enough women uh, involved in making products that are supposed to be designed for women, um, especially when you look at like femtech, like any healthcare related product. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite product sales is men who created uh, an app to track your, uh, you know, your your ovulation cycle and like <laughs> clearly miss the mark on what women are looking for and what kinds of things they actually need to track. Um, and so I think, you know, just to expand on that, that could also be said for why DNI in general is super important in the product development space. And lack of diversity, not even just race and gender, but um, with disabilities and economic backgrounds and all sorts of lack of diversity. So um, I, I just want to like, also mention one of the most jarring product sales that I heard of last year was that self-driving cars are more likely to hit people of color because they didn't have enough diverse thinking and, and who to test who the users are. Um, and so I'd love to just get your take on DNI and its role in product design and development and how product managers can be better at taking into account all different perspectives so that their products are inclusive. And, and safe for that matter. Yes, of course. So I didn't know about the um, self-driving cars more likely to hit people of color, which is interesting. I did know of a, just think of like your very basic example of when you go to the uh, washroom to wash and you go to wash your hands, everyone's normally just like, you know, throws their hands under and everything's fine you're a person of color, you're like a 50-50 chance that the water is actually going to come on because from a product design perspective, no one thought of that perspective. And it's things like that. You're thinking it's 2020, things have to have improved. No, there's things like that because of the lack of diversity on teams and in groups. These things haven't improved and it's affecting people and especially people in minority communities. And so D&I from a product perspective is completely important. And one of the examples that I think are, is so key and recent is, I'm not sure if anyone heard of the um, story with Twitter and they were talking about accessibility and they don't really focus on accessibility and adhering for you know people who have any kind of sort of handicap to access their application. And so, when asked about it, they basically said, oh, well, that's a volunteer opportunity. So we don't really focus on that. But if you want to, there's people who can volunteer to work on that. It's 2020. We, everyone, you can't say that's a volunteer opportunity. It needs to be something that's at the forefront. Because at this point, if you want someone to use your product, you have to think of it from every possible angle. Otherwise, you're missing out on a group or a subset of users, and that's not going to end well. And so for diversity as a whole, just it's so pertinent to make sure that anything that you're working on touches on anything. And that also goes back to the diversity of your team. If you don't have someone that will, if you're creating a product and you miss an aspect and you have someone on your team who has a different way of thinking, they can call that out for you and make you see something in a different light and make you think of the application from a different perspective. And that is so key now. And so I think it's really important. That's why I think it's important to have diverse teams from a DEI perspective and product. It's important for you to have a diverse mindset and be open to different aspects that need to occur. 
You're listening to the Her Product Lab podcast. In this office hour sessions, participants ask Deanna questions, including ones about unconscious bias training or lack thereof. So I have three points to that. One, no, training is not there yet. I completely agree with the, yeah, take the 30-minute class or, you know, and you just click through it till you get to the quiz so you can mark it done. But yeah. I do think there are some external um, classes that are available. There is one company, and I know they were based in North Carolina. I will have to get the name for you, but they do a wonderful job of unconscious bias. And I think if you're going to be serious about figuring out your unconscious bias and getting, you know, getting the right skill set so that you do make unconscious bias decisions you know not using uh not being biased then the thing that you're going to do is you need to take an in-person class it has to be something that is in person that is effective i've taken a course i was doing a mentorship program and so they had a day of just unconscious bias training and it was first off they showed you how like what your biases are just using the simple method of so we would line up across like line up in a line and they would say, okay, if you have this in your life, you know, take a step forward. And it'd be something just as simple as you order, use um, Uber Eats or Grubhub to order food, step forward, because that technically is a privilege. Not everyone can order food to their home safely and actually get their food. So you would line up in this line and it would show you your privileges. And then you would take a look at the people around you and see like who's near you. And you know, you make your observations and your conclusions and analysis and then you would go on with the day of learning okay here's where you know some biases and doing different exercises where you actually have to commit and be participating in the discussion or doing role playing where the actual situation might happen which in case brings out the unconscious bias that you have and you can have a discussion around it in a safe safe space but unfortunately those classes aren't everywhere and it has to be something that someone's dedicated to but i highly 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 recommend and i will get the name of a couple of the different organizations i know that you take an in-person unconscious bias class might be a day long might be a week long and get that because that's the only true way that you're going to one be able to identify it but two be able to understand how you can maneuver after identifying the unconscious bias. I love that answer, Dina, thank you. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, I don't know if everyone on this call has heard of Aurora James, but I think she uh, did this really cool thing with Black Lives Matter. You know, every retailer is sending an email saying we support Black Lives Matter. And she's like, I don't know that I believe you. <laughs> and uh, she's kind of challenging them to put their money where their mouth is and open up 15% of their retail space to Black entrepreneurs, which uh, signifies 15% of the population that is Black or African American in the United States. And I thought this was just like a really great actionable step. Companies are signing up and they are promising to fill 15% of their retail space in this way and i was just wondering your perspective on this and what are some other ways tech companies or maybe just companies in general um can be doing better to support black lives matter um 
NDNI efforts, like this, especially this inclusion piece of it in a genuine and real way. So first off, Aurora James is awesome. Yes, I heard <laughs> about her. So definitely love what she did. I think the very, very, very first step that tech companies could do is release their numbers. <laughs> Everyone talks about DNI and how they're doing all these efforts, but we can't even get every single tech company to release their diversity numbers yet. And that's a problem because if we don't know your numbers, we don't really know the impact that you're making and the change that you're making. So I think the very first thing is release the numbers, but also from a Black Lives Matter and DEI perspective, there, I mean, I think everyone knows every single company that you never knew you shopped at and eat and um, went to sent an email about Black Lives Matter and diversity. And so we've all seen all of the notes and everything everyone's going to do to change and all of the plans everyone has. And that's great. It's amazing. But how are we going to actually see the change? I think... It's hard because, so from one perspective, so an organization called The Plug, they actually compiled the entire list of all the tech companies that released any statement on Black Lives Matter and diversity and compiled them all into one document. And so you can see everything that everyone's saying. But are we really going to go back in six months and make sure that they actually did all the things that they said they were going to do? Probably not. Because who knows what's going to happen in six months because 2020 is crazy. So <laughs> we might not even be here anymore. <laughs> so one thing that I've liked, especially from my company's perspective is what we've done is, okay, obviously everything happened. We made a statement. We said in six weeks, we're going to have a certain plan and then we'll release that plan. So we're working on releasing that plan. And then every year we have diversity and inclusion goals that we want to meet within the company and we release that out. But if companies and teams and people don't release that out, how are we going to know that they're making any change? How are we going to know that what they originally said they were going to do, they're actually, they actually went and did. And so I just need companies to be extremely transparent with this process. If you're really going to, add 15%, you know, minorities to your C-suite, let me see them, show me them. I mean, everyone's doing, a lot of companies are doing a segment called Pass the Mic. Pass the mic to them and let us hear their experience and let us, you know, get the real story behind what's going on. There's a lot that companies can do, but I feel like we're still hiding behind a wall and we're not being fully transparent. So I think there needs to be transparency. And then also what I've been seeing during, during all of this time is also a lot of people have been coming forward using their own social media and working at companies. So if we, if the company was transparent, we wouldn't have to get these stories from people, you know, it's good to get stories from people, the individuals themselves, because then, you know, it's raw, it's real. What they're saying is most likely the truth. But without that transparency and actually letting us know what people are going through within the company and the company releasing itself, it almost shows that they're not truly listening. And I think that's one of the first things that companies need to do, especially from a Black Lives Matter and diversity perspective, listen to what your people are saying and then act accordingly. 
a lot of what has been going on is just releasing a statement so you look good from, you know, from the outside. But it's time to go inside and dig deep. And yes, you're gonna companies are gonna hear things that one they didn't know was actually happening, and two things that are gonna be hurtful and they didn't want to hear. But guess what? It's time to change, and that's the only way change is gonna happen is to listen, and then take action based on what they've heard from their actual from the people who are actually dealing with these certain situations and environments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have just a few minutes left. I don't know if anyone else has a question, but I would really love for you to maybe just give us uh, one or two takeaways um, that we as product managers, you know, I don't know, I mean, except for, I guess, a couple of people on this call are hiring managers, but some of us don't have hiring decisions um, at our company. Like, what, what are some things we can be doing um, to move the needle? From a product perspective, I think one of the things is to call out everything, especially because as a product, as a product manager or a product person or even a hiring manager, you are the driving force behind what's going on. So when you're creating a product, you're helping lead people to where they want to, where they, they want their product to be. And as a hiring manager, you might even be pushing people to get into the door of the company. You are the voice. So use your voice and don't be afraid to use your voice. Even another point that I would make, and it depends on your company and how they operate, especially from the hiring process. Sometimes people just need advice. Just be open to helping them and giving them advice. I know for some interviews, they tell you, you know, here's where you messed up. And maybe if you get to the next round, here's how you would prepare better. It's time for us all to help each other and help each other get to where we need to be. Thank you for listening to the Her Product Lab podcast. For more information about our community and virtual incubator, visit herproductlab.com.